Well, hello. It is Wednesday, and you are listening to the Wellness Wednesday radio show here on CHLY 1017 in Nanaimo, British Columbia. I hope that you're doing well, whether you've got the radio on or perhaps you are listening to this on the podcast for Wisdom Wednesday. Welcome. It is my pleasure to welcome back Annie Boudreaux from School of Reverence, and we're going to talk about glimmer hunting and why it's good for our brain and how we can use it as a resource for resilience. Let's get started. Welcome back to Wisdom Wednesday. You are about to meet Annie Boudreaux, who is joining us here today. We're going to talk about so many fun things, and I just know that you are going to love her. She is the creativity and the the source and the force behind School of Reverence and Good Fortune Lady. Annie, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here too. Thank you. I always love having these talks with you. Oh, it's always so great. And, you know, we are so, we're so like-minded with, with a lot of the things that we do. And we, we talk about is the big, wonderful world of health and wellness and well-being and just how that fits into our everyday lives. You've been on the show before and is people don't, don't recall, you are someone that is living well with the repercussions of a brain injury. And this, um, this month is actually a, is it an awareness month? Yeah, Brain Injury Awareness Month. March is Brain Injury Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about bringing awareness to brain injury, it can happen for a lot of different ways. I think what most people come to mind would be from some sort of injury or accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, for sure. And there's tra- traumatic brain injury. There's, there's lots of different um, diagnoses as far as brain injury goes. And then there's more of understanding that concussion is brain injury also. And so what I live with is post-concussion syndrome. And so bringing that into the conversation of brain injury also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, the added part that I bring is um, just lived trauma is injuring our brain also, right? And so the conversation around not just physical trauma to the brain, but and also other forms of trauma will, you know, to some degree injure our brain. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I mean, and there's been, whether it's a traumatic experience or a long going, ongoing set of circumstances, or perhaps an an illness. I mean, there's so many things that can affect that. And just before we hit record, I was sharing with you and talking, um, talking about how there is also brain impairment and injury that can come from pharmaceuticals and medications. And I mentioned that I still to this day, um, eight or nine years later, experience situations from going through chemotherapy with my cognitive function. Yeah, exactly. And I really resonated with that right away because working in addiction recovery and working with folks that have been on pharmaceuticals or um, using heavy, heavily pharmaceuticals also yeah. are, are moving through very similar um, symptoms as me. So brain injury symptoms, which can look like, like me, um, chronic daily migraines. A lot of, um, quite a few of my clients are moving through Um, recovering from that. So not only have they finally gotten off of the pharmaceuticals, but now there's these symptoms, um, these um, kind of brain injury symptoms happening for them and no language, advocacy, community to really speak to that. 
Yeah, it's not something that's that's really talked about. I know from like from the just through the cancer experience, people would refer to it sort of in an offhanded way as chemo brain. And you're right, there's not a lot of discussion around it. So that's why I think it's important to talk about this because it's I mean, it's there, there's there should be no no stigma, we should want to talk about these things. Absolutely. It's just sticky, icky issues. Sometimes I think the one of the really most valuable pieces of information that I received around recovering from brain injury is, is the connection with childhood trauma or past traumas that weren't necessarily a blow to the head. Um, what happens if I've had adverse childhood experiences is that my brain's already on high alert. It's already scanning out for all the things that might harm me. It's a high alert brain. And so if I add to that, physically harming my brain with concussion, um, my recovery is going to be different than someone that hasn't had adverse childhood experiences. And so that really helped me normalize my experience because I was like, what the F? Like there are other people that are going through the same as me and aren't taking like the recoveries like quicker or, you know, I was comparing myself. So that was really helpful for me to normalize my experience that there were these extra pieces where my brain was already quite you know, um, on high alert. So of course, mm -hmm. it's going to have a harder time uh, recovering, you know? Yeah, no, that does make a lot of sense. And it, it's when you're when you are on, on, like you say that that high that high alert, you're always like you're sometimes more often than not in that fight, flight, freeze sort of situation. And I know that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about is how these feelings how these what we're experiencing what we're what we're taking in how that actually has an effect on our nervous system mm -hmm. yes and this is what may i speak to the thing that i'm doing this month yes. so um at school of reverence one one of the the main kind of teachings is uh, called glimmer hunting and so i'll just speak to that and how that relates to what we're talking about so when the brain's on on high alert like we're talking about so going into its it's um, nervous system modes, like you're saying, fight, flight, freeze, feign. Um, what I kind of call that is now my brain's in defensive mode, right? It's scanning out for all of the things that might harm me to protect me. Thank mm -hmm. you, nervous system, you're trying to protect me. So the, the downfall of that is that it will make me feel like all there is is around me is pain or my, my life's going to shit or because it's hyper-focusing on all of the things that might harm me. And so as a way to kind of counteract that or like hijack that defensive mode, glimmer hunting is a really helpful tool. So glimmer hunting is training my brain to start actually hyper-focusing in a way or paying attention to the things that benefit me. Mm -hmm. And this is not a way of bypassing that I'm having a hard time. This is not toxic positivity in that way. It's very strategic in the sense that I will orient myself towards what benefits me and not just orient myself, but actually take it in, take note, um, embody what's benefited me so that I'm more resourced and resilient for the really difficult times. So it's not at all like, just like see what's like, see the, you know, uh, you know what I mean? That toxic positivity. Yeah. Oh yeah. That everything, just, just be happy. Rose colored glasses. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Count Cheers. your blessings. La, la, la. And counting your blessings is great. <clears throat> Do it so that you are resourced mm -hmm. um, uh, towards tr harder times. Right. Um, and that might be at the same time. And so as soon as I um, get myself glimmer hunting, 
I already start feeling my nervous system uh, shift. It's asking for me to get into a more curious mode. Mm -hmm. And my brain has trouble, like the brain can only put energy in certain places. So if, uh, as soon as I start being curious about um, things around me, it takes energy away from the fight or flight system, from the limbic mm -hmm. system, and brings it more in my prefrontal cortex where I can actually think a little bit more rationally, have a bigger view, access compassion um, more, um, be able to be kind to myself a little bit more. So the curio curiosity piece, curiosity is such a powerful tool. But that being said, it's not always accessible, right? So we really have to practice glimmer hunting, practice uh, building our curiosity muscle when we are feeling good so mm -hmm. that it's easier to access when times are hard. And sometimes we need to be the curious ones for our friends that are having a really hard time, like help them glimmer hunt and, and recognize the glimmers in them and reflect them back, you know, so we can be glimmer hunters for others when they can't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, I get really excited about this, as you can tell. Hopefully, that wasn't too much of a rant. <laughs> well, no, I mean, and it, and it and it is. It's it's such a cool. It's a tool. Like then, like you said, you're retraining retraining your brain. So I want to go a little bit back to that and share, give people a little bit of an idea of what it is, because we're all excited about it because we've been glimmer hunting now for for a couple of years. <laughs> well, I feel the word empowerment is there, right? When I. One, one, so um, there are different places to, so just to backtrack, a glimmer is actually something that can help you complete a stress cycle. So here you are, and that's why you're starting to you feel back to yourself. So it's a, anything that brings you back to a sense of safety, mm -hmm. a sense of, back into your body, uh, a sense of wakefulness of being in the present moment. So it can be lots of different things. The conversation with a good friend, a conversation with you is a glimmer right now for me, right? It's, it's bringing me really to this present moment and I, I feel delighted. Um, it can be, um, it can be information like learning about the phases of my nervous system can be a glimmer because it gives me a bigger sense of empowerment like oh wow like uh knowledge can be a um, healing in itself right so learning about trauma learning about the nervous system those can be glimmers glimmers like you said can be out in nature glimmers can be found through community also right this sense of, of uh, relating with others. Glimmers can be like uh, movements. There's like lots of nervous system hacks mm -hmm. like tapping or um, balancing or there's lots of uh, different type of glimmers. And there's so much accessible out there of nervous system hacks, which is really, really cool. So I definitely like breathing can be a mm -hmm. glimmer, right? Um, def def different breathing techniques. A different yeah movements there's lots of movement for a trauma repair out there um so see it can be lots of different things but there's a glimmer 201 so for example if i really take this time to integrate the conversation with you and i recognize like wow that really benefited me i feel calmer later today or tomorrow or next week i can remember this time with you and the memory of that can calm my nervous system when we really integrate our feeling, we can actually use the memory to uh, bring us back to ourselves, which is powerful. It is so powerful because the exact mirror of that, the exact opposite, the memory of the traumatic event or the worry or the pain that we're in, being able to interrupt that and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again, it's that, it's, that, it's that empowerment thing. So how do you, when you're in the moment, 
So you've got these things. You want to be able to use them as a resource. You want to be able to integrate them. How do you recognize to draw on that? What are some of the things that you can use to remind yourself to reach for a, a glimmer memory? Or Yeah, that's really good because I've had to learn a language about my nervous system, actually. Like I can recognize when I'm in alert states, like my, you know, I can recognize my, my, um, my heart beating fast or my mind spinning. Like I haven't been able to do anything in the last five minutes. I'm just spinning around in circles or um, really anxious states. Um, I know the texture of that or I feel a particular way in my body. Um, so I can recognize when I'm in like a fight or flee or freeze or feign mode. I, I just know the sensations. I know the narratives that I go into. Like I'm, I'm, I'm really doing a lot of self-hatred talk or, right? Yep. So I, I've taken the time to know those markers markers. I'm not only with myself, with my community, with my teachers, with my peers, with my um, health professionals, where we, we've named what the markers are, mm -hmm. and then what the resources for those are. So what glimmers would help, right? So for me, I know I can get when my pain's really, really high and I get really claustrophobic with it. It's one of the things that's helpful for me is to go somewhere if that feels a bit bigger, less claustrophobic. So I can, if I have the capacity to walk, because sometimes I don't, I can go to the lake and I know that that's going to kind of shift my mm -hmm. state of mind. Um, sometimes it's literally just getting in the shower, like bringing myself to the shower and just feeling, uh, you know, the water on my skin. There's so many different ways because my pain gets really high. I think yours does too. Mm -hmm. um, what it, what it, a thing about a glimmer is having a really good list is good because sometimes one that's always worked won't work at that time mm -hmm. and then you can try something else. A big way, a big thing for me is that I've given a glimmer list to my friends it's really, really hard to remember my glimmers when I'm in distress. It's really hard. Yeah. It's not, we're not even wired that way. So um, if I'm having a panic attack because of the pain or something like that, I can call a friend and she knows exactly what to say and do um, to mm -hmm. help me come back to myself. So see, there's so many aspects, but the first was being able to recognize in myself the different states my nervous system goes in and and that takes some some time and care and and some other folks to help you know sometimes that's that's really key being able to recognize when we are getting into that state and then what i like is what i want the listeners to think about is having your friends and family know what uh, what lights you up and what your glimmers are that is again that's utilizing a resource Yes. And like one of the things that I say often is having a basic understanding of the nervous system is a very kind act. If your family takes the time to understand what happens in the nervous system, then they'll be less likely and you yourself to dehumanize the moment. Like, of course, yeah. this is happening. This is how the nervous system reacts when when we're in situations like this all right knowing that what's the resource what's the glimmer here so it's a really freaking kind act and it's available to us now to have just a basic understanding of the nervous system so that we don't put it all on the individual and we stop asking um what's wrong with you and ask what's happening for you right now i love that point i think it's really important because it doesn't mean that there's something there's something wrong with us when we're struggling. That doesn't mean at all, but also just doesn't mean that we can't we we can't look for or want to make improvements of that. But yeah, it's not uh, it's not that uh, it's not that uh, that we're 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 doing we're doing something wrong. We're we're caught in a in a very human experience. <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. We're effing human. <laughs> That's actually what's happening. And when we get into that, it's quite delightful. And I want to make sure that, because we didn't really say it too much, but there's outer glimmers and there's inner glimmers, right? And there's, there's a lot of glimmers that um, we have our inner resources and outer resources. So we can, there's, there's definitely things that are accessible to us at all times if we recognize them as so. And also um, the most difficult experience you might have could become a glimmer if you, if you do have containers where you can start having compassion for what happened and you can start recognizing that you've overcome it and feel empowered from overcoming mm -hmm. it, then just remembering that you overcame a really difficult converse, uh, situation mm -hmm. can be a glimmer when it shows up again. Like, you know what? got this sorry i'm sorry i've got this but um here we are you know i i i know the sensation of overcoming it because i really um cared i also want to say that it's hard to love ourselves and love the situation when we're in distress mm -hmm. it's not as accessible so if we can practice being kind friends and compassion for folks that's really important when 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 they can't or when i can't you know so mm -hmm. i don't want to make it sound like just love yourself and then da -da. no like that's hard to access a lot of the times when we've yeah. been under a lot of trauma and and all that kind of stuff right so um letting that be human experience like of course you're you've got to hate on for yourself right now with all that's happened for you you know and just meeting someone that way can start regulating can be a glimmer for them someone that really listens to you is a freaking amazing glimmer so yeah. 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 I mean, it's, and, and being able to, being able to know that we're, we're worth that, that we are, you know, to take, to take that time, you know, you're going along, everything's fine. And then boom, it's, it's like right, right back at you. And, and I, I mean, that's the, the theme of my, of my month this month is resilience and being resilient is another thing about that is that we, we don't have to be. Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes people get the wrong idea about being of being resilient and being able to that we always need to be in this in this state of being where everything's good and everything's fine and we're healthy and happy and and all that. But but we're not if if we are, that's that's um, that's. that's well, not being resilient is not being tough and strong. That's no. not for me. That's not actually what resilience <laughs> means. Resilience is um, is this is includes um gaining resources right the, the mm -hmm. more we can attune to our resources the more resilient we are um i don't even know if that's true i want to be careful but i hear what you're saying there's like a narrative about what resilience is and then there's what resilience actually is mm -hmm. to me um it, it has the words kindness and honesty worthiness and um, empowerment those are feel like they're all part of what resilience, mm -hmm. what adds up to resilience. And it's not a solo journey, a community it needs to be involved. It's a very important, uh, the more community, the more we're in community, I feel, um, mm -hmm. the more we can work on our, you know, we, we need to feel that, that support. Um, so a lot of times it's put on the one individual when um, community care is just as, is if not a, more important than self-care you know what i mean we can mm -hmm. really take care of ourselves better when we have a community that really sees us hears us acknowledges us um so so creating these containers these communities is so freaking important
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, doing this is uh, this kind of stuff. It's not a, it's not a, a solo in isolation. And it's also, I mean, with whether you're managing with, um, with a brain injury or a chronic illness, or just any old person with life, it's not a trajectory upwards, always up to the, like, it's up and down. And we, you know, we have, we have times when there's, there's things that we setbacks or things we, that we need to deal with. And, and yeah, and resilience for me is not always being able to bounce back and get in, you know, tough, tough it through. It's being able to recognize that it's a time to look for your resources and see, but try to navigate, navigate through whatever the, the situation is and mm-hmm. recognize that you may be needing some extra, extra care or extra support. Absolutely. And ultimately it's um, developing a friendliness towards our own discomfort. That's mm. resilience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, language, a friendliness, compassion towards um, discomfort, pain, struggles. So it's not about creating a life without pain, without struggle, without it's, you know, having a relationship with that, recognizing that it's a human experience. Um, it sounds weird to say, but celebrating that, like we, we do have these ups and downs. Life is precious because mm-hmm. uh, we're not, it's not permanent. Like we, we, d- we do die and that there's a preciousness to that. And so having a, you know, a soft heart and a, 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 an openness around that is, is what builds resilience, you know? Mm-hmm. Another Ooh, thing that I, big stuff. It is big stuff. And, it, and um, exhale. <laughs> yeah, don't remember, don't forget to breathe. Um, one of the things that I know I wanted to, to touch on when I was preparing for this, I was just really thinking, thinking about this conversation and knowing that having when we're when we are glimmer hunting, when we actually have the concept to know that we could be curious and be searching for things to help support us, then as and when we are in that moment that becomes muscle memory that we can go to instead of either ignoring the situation or reaching for a coping mechanism that may not be in alignment of what we actually want to do, but my goodness, everyone needs help and support. So during that stressful moment, if we can learn to find the resources, finding something that in the moment that I can do to help support me, Instead of reaching for that cigarette or that glass of wine or that something, it's just that it's the idea that where there are ways and means to support ourselves and care for ourselves that don't need another yes something to come in, right? Yeah, and something that's coming up that I want to make sure the listeners kind of get before we we sign out is um thank you for speaking to that and working in an, in addiction recovery for the last decade really I became like um a glimmer hunting like I was help people glimmer hunt when they couldn't right so um. I remember someone saying once, yeah, but a knee heron was a glimmer for me. That was something that brought me back to safety. I'm like, yeah, fuck, I get that. The problem is if you only have one glimmer, there's only one, mm-hmm. so that's the only one your brain knows and it only goes to that one and then that can become an issue, right? So it's always amazing to glimmer hunt within the habit itself. Like, 
what are the benefits that heroin brought you so that we can find other things that bring you those benefits so that your brain knows that there's not just that one that'll bring you those benefits. So that's glimmer hunting too, right? So this brought me a sense of presence, safety, calm. Okay, let's find other things in your world that bring you that same. But what I want to say is that to the listeners, what's important is not just naming what our resources are, but integrating them. So Mm -hmm. we need to let our brain know that it's actually a resource. And that just takes, it's literally 60 seconds, but it's really when you recognize something benefits you, it's uh, the practices to pause and name like, wow, this is something that's benefited me. And then if it's accessible to you, notice the sensation in your Mm -hmm. body. Like, wow, yeah, I also feel calmness in my body. I feel my heart rate softer. I feel my breath softer. And that helps the brain structure that resource as a resource. So that in that way, you're actually gonna walk around with the resource once you've let your brain structure it. So the integration piece yes. is important. So again, it doesn't take more than like 20 seconds. It's literally that stop and smell the flowers. Mm-hmm. So something's benefiting you, notice that it is, notice any f- physiological shifts be- from that, um, that benefit, and that will help structure that. And what's really rad is that once you've structured it, you can link it, you can bring it to a difficult situation, right? And so then you find yourself in a difficult situation, then you can pull that structure out and be like, this is where I bring that in. So thank you for speaking to that. Substance use is there first is not making the substance a problem, finding how it glimmered you up in the first place, and then noticing other glimmers that would help in that same way. So that's not just gravitating towards one. Absolutely. Oh, this has been so fun. This has been, this is a glimmer for me. Absolutely. Um, I mean, this is the kind of, this is the kind of stuff, uh, the fun stuff that you, you actually do for, uh, for some of the programs at School of Reverence. Tell people a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, School of Reverence has a a training program called the Embodied Wonderment Method. At this time, it's a lot of folks in this uh, psychedelic integration world that are coming to the program. Um, And so this glimmer hunting is one of the concepts um, in the Embodied Wonderment Method. I check it out. It's really great. And so this is really helpful for folks that are working in addiction recovery and psychedelic integration, but also folks that want to be a kind friend. Like, how do I help my uh, friend move through this stuff and know that School of Reverence asks you to start with your fine self. So the first module is called worthy because we need to know our stuff, how our nervous system functions, all of that, so that we can really be present for others so that our stuff doesn't get in the way, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those trainings where we get to know this in ourselves. We work with our own SHIT and, uh, and from there we can show up with um, more skillful means for others. Absolutely. I think, um, I think if, if anyone gets anything from uh, this conversation today, a couple of things are do some um, look into the body's nervous system and get some, get some education um, um, around that. It's really simple to simple to do. And you will really gain a lot of, a lot of insights and it's, and it's fascinating about, about just how that, how that affects everything and be curious and go, go on a glimmer hunt and look for those things that light you up and then Put them in your in your in your bank for being able to use them as a resource and integrate them as and when needed.
Yeah, and you can go to School of Reverence, uh, the uh, Instagram uh, page, because I, I do have a lot of little videos of how to integrate glimmers and what glimmer hunting is and all that. So if you, this has sparked your interest today, you can definitely go to the School of Reverence Instagram page account, and there'll be some things there that hopefully will be a benefit that will glimmer you up. Glimmer you up. Well, I will definitely um, be sure to put all of the links and contacts and everything into the show notes so people can know yeah, how can to follow you around. There's a glimmer. The there's a glimmer hunt challenge right now at School of Reverence, and you can win. Like this is like the best tarot deck that I've ever. Is, is that the good tarot? This is the gentle tarot. The gentle tarot. Oh, so beautiful. Effect. It's like the best. And so she's donated one of these. And so I've asked everyone to go on a glimmer hunt with me for Brain Injury Awareness Month. And you, this is the giveaway. So you can come to the IG page for that and maybe um, glimmer yourself up with a good tarot deck. <laughs> Absolutely. Do do that, everyone. Uh, fo follow along and, and come come glimmer hunting with us. And it just it, it is it is a beautiful, a beautiful way to life and our days with that with that with that curiosity and that uh, and that playfulness, which I think is is so important. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Woo, this was great. Woo. Exactly. Yay. Glimmered up. Glimmered up. <laughs> well, that wraps up another episode. Thanks so much for being here. I hope you have enjoyed today's content. If you are so inclined, please like and subscribe. And until next time, I am wishing you well.